there. Welcome to the Female Empowerment Podcast. My name is Carly, and I'm a big believer in actively bringing about more goodness to our communities. It feels good to know that we're not alone and that someone else out there has experienced the same challenge we're facing now. Whether those challenges are related to business, motherhood, or general life as a woman, this podcast is a platform that I've created to allow women to share their inspirational stories and greatest business tips to help make your day just a little bit better and your life just a little bit easier. Keep listening to learn from our amazing guest of the day and be sure to share this episode with a friend. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Branding for Women podcast. And today our guest is Samantha Hohenschill. And I'm very, very excited to have her on here and learn from her um, a little bit about her. She is a pioneer of the anti-diet movement. Samantha is passionate about debunking many popular diet culture myths and putting an end to the restrict and binge cycle for good. Her refreshing, insightful, and honest approach to healthy living and mind-body wellness promotes weight loss as the natural result of self-care and self-work rather than the intentional pursuit of self-hatred and self-control. Samantha utilizes groundbreaking thought work strategies to help her clients reframe their mindset, approach their challenges from an entirely different perspective, and dramatically improve not only their relationships with food and their bodies, but each and every aspect of their lives. Thank you so much for being here, Samantha. Thank you for having me. So like we were kind of talking about earlier, I'm just so excited to have you on because um, I've been hearing lots of things within this realm lately and I have a lot of questions and I am really excited to hear from an expert in this industry like the answers to my questions and so if you don't mind telling us a little bit about your story and how you got to this place and learning about nutrition and anti-diet culture I'd love to hear about that yeah of course so I kind of had issues with my weight from a very young age. I uh, developed a little bit earlier than most girls, so I had the boobs and the extra curves without the height, and so it kind of came off, you know, like a chubby little girl, and that's totally fine. Never had a problem with it until the summer before junior high, I kind of faced some bullying. So long story short, I was swimming in my neighborhood pool, and these boys from a neighborhood a couple blocks over tried to come into the pool and it was restricted to our neighborhood and the pool attendant um, asked them to leave. And I don't know, I said something kind of snarky, like, yeah, you can't swim. I mean, I was 10 years old, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the boys in the group turned around and looked right at me and he was like, yeah, I guess only little fat girls can swim. Mm -hmm. And it really hit me. And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I guess I'm a fat girl, no big deal. That's just who I am. No big deal. Like I was still very naive to the whole idea, right? Um, a couple weeks later, school started, and those same boys were on my bus route. And so every morning for about two months, I had to hear only little fat girls can swim chanted from the back of the bus as I got on the bus every day. So it really, really kind of ingrained itself. And over time, I did sort of make peace with them. The main guy leading the charge uh, eventually apologized, and we worked it out, and we actually ended up being friends, but the damage had been done right? And it really got to a point where I just felt wrong for being in my own body. So I started dieting at a very young age, and I didn't stop for about 20 years. (laughs) And it was one of those things where 
when people say they dieted, you know, they maybe they dieted for a couple weeks after the holidays or they dieted, you know, before an event. I dieted pretty much every day of my life for 20 years and I did them all. Every single diet that's out there and I could list them, but it anything that you've tried, I've tried, I guarantee it. And I lost weight here and there, right? Cuz they're designed to help you lose weight. But the weight always came back. And over time, I started to realize just how obsessed I was with the whole situation. My entire life was about counting calories and tracking macros and writing down my points. You know, I did Weight Watchers for a while, putting everything into my fitness pal and weighing myself every week and measuring out my food portions and this meticulous, obsessive like behavior. I didn't realize that it was such a major part of my life until I kind of took a step back from things and realized everything else in my life was crumbling around me. My relationship was suffering because I was horribly insecure about my body. And so you know, our sex life was suffering and, and just a lot of other things tied into those insecurities. You know, I felt like I never really went after my passions. I'm a singer as well. And I never really went for it when I was younger because of the insecurities with my weight. I wasn't making an effort to extend my social network because I felt like if I went to a networking event, well, who's going to want to talk to me? I'm just the little fat girl, right? And it was so ingrained in who I was. And I just got fed up with all of it. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot live this life anymore. I can't diet anymore. It, it's literally ruining my life. And so I just stopped. And I was like, you know what? If I'm fat the rest of my life, I'm fat the rest of my life. That's just the way it is. And the crazy part of it, once I stopped dieting and just started living my life and trying to make my life the best life it could be, the weight started coming off. And keep in mind that when I stopped dieting, I was the highest weight I'd ever been in my entire life. Um, I don't like to list numbers because they really don't matter, but I was very, very heavy compared to how I am now. And the weight came off so naturally because I wasn't fixated on it anymore. It wasn't, the goal wasn't to lose the weight. The goal was to just take care of myself better. And I know that sounds very cliche, but it was such an awakening for me. So I decided to go um, get certified as a health coach and to try and help other women understand that there is a much better way to live your life. You don't have to fear food. You don't have to hate your body. You don't have to live in this bubble where you feel just so wrong for just being who you are in your own skin. And yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I know that a lot of that's really personal, and but it's also very inspiring. And I know that there are lots and lots of women who identify with most, if not all, of everything that you just said. You know, you're just talking about those same things that we all deal with all the time. One question that I had as I was preparing for an interview was how, like, how did we even get here? Like, as a society, as a group of women, like, how did we even get into this place where it's also counting calories and your weight defines who you are and how, and like your success. Like, do you have any insight to how yeah. it's really impacted us? Yeah, it's actually, it's actually kind of funny. I'm, I'm working on um, an installment to my course that is actually talking about this, this exact topic. So it's kind of <laughs> funny that you bring it up, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't like to, 
wave the feminist flag too hard, but we do live in a patriarchal society. We have to acknowledge that it was founded by white rich men. So that's kind of where we still are, unfortunately, in a lot of our views. And in terms of diet culture, it is really just the offspring of our media and the way that women especially have to have this image, right? We have to stack up to this idealistic image of what we're supposed to look like, our weight, our hair, you know, our eye color even. Everything has to fit into this picture-perfect image or we're failing, right? Because the whole idea of being a woman is that we are supposed to attract a man so that we can bear an offspring. Like that's our purpose, right? (laughs) It's just a ridiculous idea, but that's really what many of us believe. And in order to attract a man, you need to be attractive, right? And because we have been brainwashed to believe that there's only one way to be attractive, you have to fit into this itty bitty little box, which by the way is the most difficult box to attain because, you know, again, if you're thinking from a business standpoint, right? If you're looking for people who wanted to kind of create the fitness industry or create the health industry, as it were, you have to make the goal hard to achieve so that you have longer lasting customers. And that's something that you kind of need to understand about diet culture is that Diets and the diet industry, it only exists if it continues to fail in delivering what it says it's going to deliver. I mean, that's the reason deep down that diets don't work is because they they can't. <laughs> if they worked, they wouldn't have any customers. <laughs> I can't think of another industry that gets its success from consistently failing. And But we don't see these things because we're so in it because we're trained to be that way. I mean, if you think about it, when we're, when we're little girls, I work exclusively with women, as do you. But when we're little girls, I mean, what, what do we hear? Like, oh, you know, pretty little girl, or let's put this bow in your hair. Or, I mean, I grew up during the Disney princess phase. And so this whole idea of being a young, beautiful girl who attracts the prince, like, it's just so ingrained in us and our weight and our appearance is so very tied to that. It's so hard to see it unless you finally see it. And once you see it, you can't not see it anymore. Oh yes. That taps into my exact question is how can we break free of this mindset of associating thinner with better? Because we didn't really talk about this, but I wanted to talk about it. (laughs) Mindset is is one of my number one favorite things to work on with my clients because it is huge. Our mindset is everything. If you, you know, you can lose, I mean, exactly to your point, you can lose all the weight that you want to lose and you can be thin, but if your mind is still screwed up, you're not going to be happy. Thin does not equal happy, you know, and it. Again, we've been led to believe that once we lose all of our excess weight, our lives are going to be perfect and sunshine and rainbows forever and ever and ever. And it's just not true. You see gorgeous, gorgeous, thin, beautiful women all the time who are very unhappy. It's, it's not, they don't come together. It's not a package set. You have to attain them individually and you have to attain the mindset first. That's one of the things that I work on with my clients the most, especially in terms of just learning to accept your body the way that it is right now and not just accept it, but really love and admire it for what it is right now. Because the the thing that always cracks me up is when people say, well, when my body is this, when I have this body over here, right, then I'll love it. But it's the same body. 
it's not like once you lose weight, you get a whole brand new body. It's the same body. It just has less fat on it. It's the same body. And you have to love it for what it is in its individual sense. You can't associate it with a number on the scale or even, you know, the size dress that you wear. It is your body. No matter what you do, it will always be your body. It will always be your only body. And as soon as you start to understand that and just kind of take away the numbers and take away the statistics and understand that, you know, this is, this is my thing too. I had such a negative image of myself and what I looked like. I, I, when I looked in the mirror, I would see myself way heavier than I even was. My body dysmorphia was so off and people would tell me all the time, well, you're not that big. You're not that big. You're not that big. None of that matters. People can tell you all day long that you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're thin, you're fit, you're whatever, they love you, whatever you're looking for from them. If you don't believe it yourself, those words are meaningless. And you have to get to that place first. And that really is the first step is understanding that in order to really like learn how to love yourself for who you are, you have to embrace the idea that you are who you are for a reason. If you were meant to look a certain way or be a certain weight or whatever the case may be, you would, right? If you were meant to, you would. If you were meant to look like a supermodel, you would have looked like a supermodel. But you didn't. They like let that let that be for them. Focus on what you were created to be. And I know I know it sounds like cliche and, and cheesy in some capacity, but you have to just embrace your own beauty for what it is and understand that everyone does have their own unique beauty as long as you're willing to see it. Thank you so much. Oh, I just have so many thoughts. All of that. It's such a deep topic. Like we could talk about this for days and days, but (laughs) I think the number one um, thought that I have with learning about this new side of it's not even new. It's just like people are finally talking about this. People are finally like going through the steps to accept that our current culture isn't healthy for us and it's not right and it's not correct. And so we need to like change how we view our bodies, how we're viewing other people's bodies and, you know, just to be more positive. And I think the number one struggle for me is uh, there's just like my whole life history leads up to it, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, currently, right now, I would be wearing um, plus size clothing. And it's a result of many different factors throughout my life, one of which is having a baby recently. And congratulations. Thank you. And like, it's fine. I'm still, and there's a lot we can talk about, you know the attitude that everyone has after you have your baby. That's for another day. But um, I shouldn't even feel like I need to justify, oh, I'm heavy because I just had a baby. But um, But you do. You feel like you have to get yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the number one struggle for me personally, and I know that I cannot be the only one that feels this way, is like, okay, so I wear plus size clothing, which would, you know, like I'm fat. Like, that's fine. Um but is it really, and how can I embrace the anti-dieting culture and like the idea of not dieting, but also continue to promote health for my body while also accepting that my body's okay how it is because I want to be healthy, but I don't want to feel like healthy means I have to be thin. And if I'm not thin, then I'm failing because I'm fat. 
<laughs> you know? it's, such a, it's such a loaded topic. Like I'd be listening to you talk and it's just like, I know, uh-huh. Yep. I'm like checking the boxes. Like it is. And it's, and the thing is it's so textbook, right? So many women suffer from this and it's all, I mean, it's, everyone has their individual parts, but in general, we're all like unilaterally like suffering, suffering together. It's, it's just crazy. But in terms of that, again, like you have to first understand what dieting has done to you, right? Because that's the biggest part of it. And the whole reason, like, I, I am not against people who want to lose weight. I think that, again, it is drilled into us so much from our culture and just the way that, you know, our society is, it's impossible to not feel that way. So I don't, like, judge that or, or have any feelings towards that. But you have to understand that dieting is not going to get you there. Number one, it would have already. <laughs> Number two, um, you have to, again, understand what it's done to you and what it's done to your relationship with food, especially, but also your relationship with your body. Because I don't know about you, but for me, every time I started a new diet and I would lose a little bit of weight and then I'd inevitably gain it back, I felt like there was something wrong with me. It wasn't the diet's fault. The diet obviously works for other people, or so I thought, right? Obviously, other people are being successful on this diet. I'm not. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with my body. And you just start to hate yourself even more. Mm -hmm. So number one, dieting is just further, you know, adding fuel to the fire of your hatred for your body. But then your relationship with food gets so messed up, so messed up. You start to look at food in terms of numbers, in terms of statistics, in terms of good and bad categories, which is ridiculous because food is not good or bad. There is no moral compass when it comes to a piece of food. It's a piece of food. And that's just it. We've dieted so much and we've restricted so much and we've developed these cravings because we've restricted so much and we've binged because of these cravings because we've restricted so much. And it's just this cycle of, of nonsense to the point where we don't even, first of all, really know what food is anymore. Like, I know for me, there was a, a period of my time when I was doing, um, I'm not going to name the diet, but it was one of the diets where you get the little packages of powder, right? And then you have to, like, put water in it and it turns into, like, pasta or it turns into a shake or it turns into, it's like, space food, right? <laughs> I remember, like, I would tell people about this diet <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I actually haven't talked about this in a long time. But I would tell people about this diet, and they would be like, well, that doesn't sound very healthy. And I'm just like, oh, no, it's super it's super healthy. Like, doctors recommend it to patients all the time to lose weight before surgery. It's super-duper healthy. And as I'm saying that, like, those aren't the same thing. Weight loss and healthy are not the same thing. There are so many unhealthy ways to lose weight, and 90 8% of the diets out there are usually unhealthy ways, not even in terms of physical health, but the mental health, the constant stress, the constant anxiety, the constant guilt that you feel every time you cheat. And this is what dieting does to us. All of this stuff piles onto us for so long. So the first step is really understanding Understanding all that and accepting that and, and, and realizing a little bit where diet culture comes from. Again, I'm working on an installment for my course on this exact top, topic, so I could go on forever. But the moral of the story is 
dieting was created as a way to compensate for excess food production for various reasons. And the food industry didn't really care about keeping us healthy. They just wanted to sell their product. And so they laced it with a bunch of sugar so that we'd become addicted to it. So we'd want to eat it, et cetera, et cetera. So understanding all of that and understanding that it's all, I don't like to say like conspiracy, <laughs> but it's definitely a structure that is there with an intentional purpose. The food industry needs us to overconsume in order to make a profit. So you have to understand all of that. That is definitely the first step. You need to also, again, as we talked about, understand that the goal should not be weight loss. The goal should be eating the foods that make you feel good, not because they have this many calories or this many grams of protein, but because they make you feel good. Like nutrition doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't. You have to eat real food that comes from the ground, <laughs> not from a plant. I love, what is the saying? It's, um, if it is a plant, eat it. If it's from a plant, don't eat it, right? Obviously, if, if you're a meat eater, you can obviously have meat and all that kind of stuff too. But the real idea here is that you're looking for whole foods. If you can just do that and just have a variety of whole foods and stop eating when you're full, that's honestly as simple as it is. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. So in understanding that and looking at food in a way that's it's going to nourish you and make you feel your best if you're making those decisions on a regular basis if you're moving your body in a gentle and nurturing way not killing yourself on a treadmill at the gym or lifting really heavy objects if you like doing that go go do it right go have a good time but if you don't like doing that don't do it same thing with food if you don't like a certain food it doesn't matter how healthy it is just don't eat it if you don't like it. Why would you eat something you don't like? There's a million healthy foods out there, right? So it's about reintroducing yourself to the idea of self-care instead of self-control. Making decisions based on what is going to make you feel your best. You know, and if you do that over time, if you're carrying excess weight, it will come off. I promise you it will. Your body does not want to hold on to extra weight. It doesn't. Your body wants to be fit. Your body wants to feel lean. It wants to feel healthy. It will get there on its own if you give it what it needs to do so. And that's, I mean, that right there all by itself is the step. It just start taking care of yourself. The weight loss will come. It will. Wow. Thank you so much. There's so much in there. Um, and I'm just processing it all right now. <laughs> I tend to ramble and be long-winded, so I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Some of the thoughts that I had was like, okay, so if we can just start by eating foods that help our bodies feel good, not necessarily foods that make us feel good, because that would be like the emotional eating, but like foods that make help our bodies to feel good and focusing on self-care versus self-control. I really like the idea of that because then when you're focusing on self-control, if you do something like you have more cookies than you would normally allow yourself, like, first of all, allowing yourself to have a certain number of cookies is already a negative mindset. And then like when you break that, then you feel guilty. And like, so the self-control aspect is where that's where a lot of the guilt and shame and the negative negativity comes from. And that's when it starts to feel like a diet. But if you're just feeling like, no, this is self-care, I'm eating foods that make my body feel healthy. And then you, then everybody knows there are foods you can tell, you can intuitively tell which foods are going to make, 
help your body feel better versus not feel better. And so if you're choosing, it's a more positive choice at that point. I guess for me in my situation where I'm currently overweight, uh, the weight will naturally come off or I can at least feel better knowing that my body is healthy because I'm making healthy choices and it'll continue to get healthier and healthier the more I continue to make these choices. And throughout this whole journey, I love and appreciate my body instead of my body is overweight and I need to lose the weight before I can love it. And then like the journey sucks because it sucks. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's just it. You know, there are no guarantees. I'm saying the weight will come off. It probably will, but it might not. But if it doesn't, do you really want to spend your life hating yourself? Do you really want to spend your life looking in the mirror and just hating what you see? Is that really how you want to live your life? I mean, yes, strive for your goals, embrace them and understand what you want and always work to improve yourself. But that doesn't mean that the current version of you is lacking at all. First of all, no one's journey is the same. Every single one of us has our own journey, especially when it comes to weight loss. I don't know two people who have the exact same story when it comes to how they gained the weight and how they lost the weight. Everyone has their own story. And it's really just about like loving the process, you know? It's kind of like road trips, right? I love taking road trips. I think for me, the most fun that I have, not the most fun, but a fun part of it for me is actually the drive to get there because I can look around at the scenery and I can, you know, I, I can take it all in and really just appreciate that. And then when I get to my destination, I have a ball, you know, a really good time too, and that's great. Or you could be in the car hating the ride, you know, hating the drive the entire time, and then you get in a car accident and you never go to your destination anyway. It's like, why not enjoy where you are now? Because no one knows what's going to happen. I know like right now we're living in very odd times with COVID-19 happening. When COVID-19 happened, so many people's plans just went, you know what I mean? You, you have no idea what's going to happen. So just try to relax. <laughs> it's not that deep. It's just a couple extra pounds of fat on your body. It's really not that deep. <laughs> and that's also it too. Like you said something earlier, you kind of made a face when you referred to yourself as fat. I don't think that that's a bad word. That's not a bad word. We think that it's a bad word because it's used as a bad word. That is not a bad word. It's just, it's fat. Everyone has it, you know, and it's, it's really just about being okay with it and understanding it's really not that deep. There are so many more important things that you can be focusing your time and energy on than what size pants you wear and how many, you know, grams of fat you can have for dinner. <laughs> it's just also stupid. It's so stupid and it's such a waste and it's such an emotional waste. I mean, I know for me, I was just drained constantly. Definitely. And it's, it prevents you from being able to reach out of your side outside of yourself to help others. If you're so focused on what's happening and how people are looking at you and thinking about you, it prevents you from being able to do as much good as you could be doing for your community and for your family. I also recently saw a post from beauty redefined on Instagram. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're a body positivity account that I just discovered. And one post that they shared was just bringing your attention to a girl's life. Your body is designed to change as a girl, especially um, going through puberty is where we start to see 
most of the change is happening. We gain weight, we gain fat because we're gaining like hips and boobs. And then like over time we lose and gain weight as a result of just moving through life. Like your body was designed to change, to be pregnant, to give birth, to recover from birth, to um, the space in between having children, whether or not you have them, or it's designed to change in reaction to stress, in reaction to good things that happen in your life, like your body just changes. And if you're always holding on to, like, I need to keep my high school form throughout my entire life, that's just not possible. And you're always going to be running into disappointments if that's what you're expecting. (laughs) So that's been something I've been trying to apply as well. (laughs) No, of course. It's about really just, it starts with your thoughts. It really just does. The bottom line, Uh, you can you can lose the weight or you cannot lose weight. And this is not just about your weight. I mean, as you said, our bodies change. I mean, we can open this discussion up too to just the process of aging, obsessing about every little wrinkle or every little, you know, laugh line or every gray hair we might get, or it, it's going to happen anyway. And, and freaking out about it and, and letting it define who you are as a person and define your worth. You have to just, accept that you are so much more than that like and I say you have to accept it like it's a chore it's hard but once you're there it's such a beautiful place to be and again to your point earlier it allows you to just be just be there so much more impactfully for those in your life and just show up in such a more real and profound way you know you can't be there for people if you're not there for yourself and that's like this, this self-care movement that's happening lately. It's really such a great thing to see. And the idea of holistic wellness and really just paying attention to not only our physical health, but our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, how healthy our relationships are. Everyone is starting to kind of wake up to all of this, I think. And especially with COVID, I think a lot of people have really kind of done some self-analyzing and processed sort of where they are. And I think that it's really opening this world up for change but you have to do it in the right way and it does kind of go back to the same thing as before like if you're going to restrict your food and force yourself to do militant painful exercise first of all how long can you do that and sustain that without going crazy and secondly i mean again even if you can sustain that physically what does that do to your mental health and your emotional health and you know whether or not you're going to even have the energy or the happiness to live your life in this new healthy body. So it's about looking at all of that. It really, I mean, this discussion of body positivity and and the anti-diet movement and all these things that are happening, it's, it's about weight loss. Sure. But it's about so much more than that. I agree. Um, You touched on just now the idea of doing militant exercise and really pushing your body. And um, I would love to hear your insights on how we can better exercise so that we're not necessarily punishing our bodies, but being a little bit more gentle with them. Do you have any insights for how we can fix our mindsets there? Yeah. So first of all, I really don't like the term exercise (laughs) because I think that a lot of people have a lot of negative associations with it because they associate it with like the militant patterns of, you know, forcing yourself like, like to do things against your will, basically. And Again, it's about that idea of self-care 
And we've kind of been brainwashed again to believe that the only way to quote unquote exercise or have physical activity is to, as I said before, like go to the gym and kill yourself on the treadmill or lift really heavy objects or, you know, stick to this, this massive cardio plan because we've looked at exercise again as a way to lose weight or change our bodies, you know, either the change in the body composition or, or whatever the case may be. That's quote unquote the goal of exercise in our society. But it's not. The idea of physical activity or movement, as I like to refer to it, is just moving your body. And this can be done in so many ways without working out or exercising. It can be done with this, something as simple as cleaning your house. Like if you get real into cleaning, like me, like I'll set an entire afternoon aside and just clean my house. Like you actually burn a lot of calories doing that and you're using pretty much every muscle in your body and you're, you know, you're moving around and you're getting the blood flowing and that's really what it's about. So, I mean, yeah, my girlfriend of mine, um, what I was just talking to this morning is going uh, riding at her stables today. So if you have a horse, go horseback riding or go to a ranch and rent one because that's amazing workout right there. You can join a social sports league and you can, you know, socialize and meet people while you're playing sports and being active in that way. You can go outside and go for a walk, for God's sakes. Go outside in the fresh air and enjoy your neighborhood and breathe the fresh air and look at the trees and go for a walk. One of the best things you can do for yourself. Yoga, love, of course. Yoga is great. And that's yoga is a really good example of kind of what I mean. You're not like pushing yourself to do these really rigid and difficult things in the sense of like cardio, but you still get a really good cardio workout kind of just by standing there and working all of your muscles. And yoga does so much. It works on your strength. It works on your flexibility. It works on your core in terms of your alignment and your like foundation. And it works on your mental health in astronomical ways. And this is kind of what we need to start thinking of when we think of movement or when we think of exercise is not how many calories we're burning or how many reps we did, Again, how does it make us feel? When you're done working out, how do you feel? Do you feel like you want to die? Because I can tell you I worked out a million times and wanted to die. And that is so not what we want, right? We don't want to feel like we want to die. We want to finish our workout and feel rejuvenated and strong and, and just ready to go. And you, you, know, you have to find that balance of understanding ways to take care of your body, again, without pushing yourself to these maximum if you are one of those people who love to push yourself to the intensity do it but, but you love it and that's why but if you don't love it there's a million other ways that you can be active you can be active by like i said just going for a walk outside going swimming if you're by a body of water i mean when we were kids right i lived in the pool i was in pretty good shape because i just screwed around in the pool all day it doesn't have to feel like this chore it can be fun you just have to move. That's all. It's it. <laughs> Thank you so much for that insight. As you were talking, I just feel like the sense of relief almost thinking about things like this and resetting our minds to it's self-care, not self-control. And it's m moving your body and not punishing or pushing your body. It's just, it's relieving to think that, okay, it's not, what's more, it's not important for me to be able to run a mile under 10 minutes. It's that I can run a mile and enjoy it. And it doesn't matter how long it takes, but I did it and I'm proud of myself and I feel good 
because I didn't just like push myself to run it in like six minutes or something, which is kind of crazy. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so it's almost a relief. And if you enjoy running, like by all means, you know, run, run as fast as you want to, but that's the thing, run as fast as you want to. (laughs) And don't feel like you have to be meeting these certain expectations of like, Oh, a healthy body, a good, like successful body can do this in this amount of time or lift this much weight or um, have this many abs on it, you know, things like that. So it's, I find it personally relieving. (laughs) That opens up to another thing too. It's, it's about what you want to do. If you, if you like, there's a lot of people out there who are overweight that are totally happy with it. Now I'm a big advocate for health. And so of course, anyone that I feel, you know, could improve their health. I hope that they do. But First of all, being overweight does not necessarily equate to being unhealthy. Now, there are that's kind of a loaded statement. There's a lot that goes into that. But in general, they don't necessarily equal the same thing. And there's nothing morally wrong with being fat. I think that we are like, we have this idea that if we're fat, we have to change because it's wrong and we're not supposed to be that way. It's if you want to, if you're okay with it, if you're happy as long as you're not hurting other people, as long as you're happy, you need to do whatever it is you want to do. I'm serious. Like if that means that you want to eat an entire sleeve of Oreos, go for it. If you're going to eat the sleeve of Oreos and then feel like crap about yourself afterwards, then no, don't do that. But that's the whole point. If you can eat the sleeve of Oreos and just be like, cool, awesome. Now I go on my next thing. It's, it's all about how you feel, not this standard or this goal that you have to achieve whether that is about your exercise or the food that you're eating or the weight that you are or the job that you have or anything. You just need to do what's best for you. And that's the whole point of this is to do what's best for you. I love that. Thank you so much. And I don't think we can hear this enough. We can, we need to hear this message over and over and over again, because repetition is how we start to really learn and get those like change our mindsets is through repetition. So like putting things on your wall listening to podcasts about it. Um, So I'm really grateful that you came and shared your insight and your knowledge with us about um, avoiding the diet culture and how things that we can do to improve ourselves and love ourselves a little bit more. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners go to learn more from you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I love talking about this stuff. Um, if anyone wants to talk about it with me, um, you can find me at thewellnessproject.net. Um, right now, if you go to my site, you can download a free copy of my guide, The Eight Steps to End Weight Loss Obsession, so you can do something better with your life and probably lose weight anyway. It's right there at the bottom of the page, or you can go to thewellnessproject.net slash guide. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Samantha. It was a pleasure having you. Pleasure being here. Thanks so much again. Thanks for listening to the Female Empowerment Podcast. I truly appreciate you being here, and I would love it if you shared this amazing episode with a friend. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at brandingforwomen.com or send me a message on Instagram. My handle is at brandingforwomen. See you next time.